0: The Outlier Gentleman. Oh, yes, hello. Outliers! <laughs> <laughs> you motherfuckers! Welcome to my life. It's so fucking awful and stuff. And, uh... Put on your spontaneous hat. And also your spo- uh, spontaneous shorts. Promiseapparel.com. <laughs> <laughs> and we only had, like, fucking three butlers when I wanted four. It's gonna...
1: Hold fast forward and gyrate. Disgusting. Also, continue. (laughs) No, wait, shut up for a second. Okay, now go. Welcome back! It's like a warm, warm cup of cocoa pouring on your body. (sighs) Hi Eric! Hi Tim!
0: How's it going? It's going good. Good! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Merry Christmas! We miss Christmas! So, Merry Christmas! Merry (laughs) Christmas.
1: Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>
0: Merry Chrysler.
1: Merry Scrambles,
0: Happy, <the>, happy Scrimbles. <laughs> How's the new year going, Eric?
1: Pretty good. I would say good. I, uh, I don't know if you want to tell the people, but we have something special coming out tonight,
0: actually. Tonight, yeah. Um, so it's our first full-length album yeah we made an album yeah we made an album with a capital b-u-m with a capital bum bum <laughs> we made a bum bum <laughs> <man>. <laughs> um it is called Snowlight, and it will be released to we're gonna put it on youtube so you guys can go to the youtube channel and watch it ad free
1: ad free just click on the tracks and listen to it yeah i think that's so cool like, you just type it in, and then it just becomes a track listing. Yeah. And it just separates all the chapters for you. It's so cool. Thank I can you. tell
0: you, I'm, I'm, I I'm gravitate a lot towards more videos that, like, have the shit separated. Yeah. Especially if it's a long video. Like, if I'm watching, like, a stream, and it's, like, a seven-hour stream, and they're like, there's no chapters. You just gotta kind of remember where you're at. I think one thing we should look into in the new year when we upload to our
1: official Outlier Gentleman YouTube channel, which the Al Bum Bum will be on, is like long-form podcasts with timestamps. It sounds like such a new concept for us, but we should probably... (laughs) Get to that at some point. Get on the timestamps thing? Yeah.
0: (laughs) But um, we appreciate you guys listening as always. We released one of the first sing- singles for it. I think we only did the, the one single that we released for it early, right?
1: Yeah, I, I changed it to a demo, because like, it was like more of a demo version. of yeah. Like, here's what it's going to sound like, but it'll sound better than
0: this. <laughs> Maybe. I was going to say, with a lot of editing, um, my guitar work is not as, as, as well-polished as Eric's is. You're more stream of consciousness. It's, like, free-flowing, like, just record it, and I'll fucking just post it later. (laughs) Yeah, mine's more... I told you, mine more is, like, I'll just set my phone down and just record and go for three minutes, and it is what it is at the end of it. I gravitate towards that shit a lot, especially now. It's, like,
1: just listening back to all the tracks that you sent me and, like, editing them, chopping them up, I was, like, wow, this is, like, really this is really good, like, this, like, there's, like, a thematic thing that's, like, weaving through all the shit, it's like, damn, I got the right shit to go
0: along with this? Fuck, you're making me work, like, (laughs) what the fuck are you doing right now with me? Well, and, uh, I experimented with a lot of different tunings for this, it was kind of a new venture for me, so I was just kind of trying to feel things out. A lot of the tracks that I play on this is they're either in open C or they're in open E like I'm in now. Um, just because it's it's a lot easier, in my opinion, to write in these tunings because things just kind of flow better to me. I agree. But A lot of capos going on this. A lot week. of capos. Yeah, a lot of capo action happening. But we hope you like it. We hope you like it, and thank you always for your support. We appreciate it. We got more coming. We got more coming. We really like doing this music thing. Yeah, I've already been sending Eric new guitar tracks, and Eric's like, we've already done the album. We're going to save this one for the next one. Maybe we can be like one album a year, like George Carlin. Well, I mean, in this last year we released, and was that last year that we did the EP? Yeah. The songs for your sleeping EP?
1: Yeah, I think that was, like, it was, like, listening to them back to back. The first one was, like, rough, but I liked the roughness to it. Now it sounds a little bit cleaner, but, like, this is still off a cell phone to everybody, so I kind of like that, but definitely have to get, like, a studio thing going pretty soon, too.
0: Yeah, that's what we're going to end up doing in here. I feel yeah.
1: like it's not like laziness. It's like, let's push the limitations as far as they can go. <laughs> can you make an entire album off an iPhone? I know Damon <laughs> Albarn did an iPad.
0: You can do it off an iPhone. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, as we go, we'll, we'll start adding in here. You know, get make it, like, for real. Like the foamies. Once you get the foamies,
1: yeah. it's real as fuck. It's all over. Once you get the foamies... You bitches better prepare.
0: <laughs> I'm hoping once we get the phony's, you won't hear my nasally breathing anymore. I've grown quite fond of it because <laughs> I go back through and I listen to some of our older recordings, and I'm just like, God, do I breathe that heavy? <sighs> We're just passionate about breathing. <laughs> Sounds like why is fucking Darth Vader on the podcast? <laughs>
1: I would like to talk about The Matrix. Let's go.
0: The Matrix Resurrections. So, alright, so I was a huge fan of The Matrix in the original trilogy, the Animatrix, the video game, all that stuff. I owned all of it. Enter The Matrix, for as buggy as it was, I feel like that shit start to finish, front to back. I am terrified to watch this fucking movie. Really? Yes. Hmm. I did not, and I know you and I have had disagreements on this in the past. I did not care for 3. I thought 3 was terrible. I thought it was one of the worst ways they could end the fucking trilogy. And I did not know how they were going to end up pulling off a 4th, if they could pull off a 4th. Gotcha. So, that is my little take on it, not having watched it yet. Just immediately, because I was, like,
1: kind of pushing you, like, Tim, come on, let's gotta, we fucked up and forgot to watch Dune in time. <laughs> let's watch The Matrix together. And you're like, I don't know, man, I gotta work all this overtime, and then, fuck it. So. Careers. Careers. <laughs> or you're like me, like, I'll drink, like, four coffees and, like, stay up till, like, three to watch the fucking thing.
0: Um, so, everybody, you need to help us monetize so we don't have to work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: So we're going to start an OnlyFans. Stop freeloading, you folks. I'm going to sell some <laughs> bath water, and Tim's going to try to fart in some jars, but just don't give yourself a heart attack like that lady in real life. For
0: $50 a photo, I will show you my butthole. Wow. 50 <laughs> Yeah.
1: Wow, dude. <laughs> I feel like that's underselling your butthole. A little bit. <laughs> you know it's real, right? Huh. Huge tangent, but like... There was a lady from Ninety Day Fiance TV show that was farting in her jars and selling them.
0: Yeah, I heard about that. She
1: had a heart attack, I think. She had like some kind of cardiac episode, but yeah. she like, passed out like mid fart or whatever. But she made two hundred grand, which is like a lot for farts. <laughs> so maybe
0: we should start selling farts because my shit is pretty pungent. Yeah, right, mine too. My shit, shit smells good. All I fucking do is drink Mountain Dew and eat pizza all day. Like what? what you is... want some
1: fucking some uh some purple Walmart water and pizza roll farts?
0: Gotcha. Hit me up on onlyfarts. <laughs> 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 drink some water, motherfucker. Oh my god. Eric's over here trying <laughs> to. Onlyfarts.com. Drink some water, motherfuckers. Breathe
1: in that smell, all right, so let me let me talk my matrix shit real quick um first movie great um, I am a staunch defender of both reloaded and revolutions. I did play Enter the Matrix and path of neo I thought was fucking silly, but we'll get into that a yeah. little bit later, yeah, yeah. but the uh The sequel movies, I thought, were awesome. I thought what they did with that was interesting because they took almost a Buddhist route versus, like, the big epic finale climactic battle between good and evil. They did something different. And I think people, after watching Lord of the Rings and watching all these epic movies that were coming out in 2003, they were expecting, like... Dragon Ball Z level destruction and like shit like that but instead it was more of like a question. Like they brought it down to like pretty much like a conversation, almost an argument. And that's what you know in a way it was a trick to keep the machine running. And I think people were pissed off by that. I was in the theater clapping. People looking at me like I was like fucking weirdo. (laughs) I I probably would have been one of those people. I was on the train home like that was bad as fuck. I did not expect that. It leaves it open for more stories. Let's fucking go. I loved it. Resurrections plays into that. And I think the problem even now is you have people that are used to stories that play into that. And stories that subvert expectations I think the problem with Resurrections is that the fighting is not up to par with the originals. Okay. Like, they didn't bring back the old school Yuan Ping, my old dudes, like the Wire Crew, they didn't bring those dudes back. Like, they just kind of used whoever was around. What's even weirder is the guy who directs John Wick, Chad... Stahelski is in the movie, but his stunt crew did not choreograph the fights. So you have like this weird disconnect where, like, they're getting ready to fight, and then it doesn't, it just kind of it feels like a CW show with the fighting.
0: Now, are the Wachowskis tied to this movie in any way? Just Lana. Just Lana. The do they other... write or do they produce?
1: She wrote the story and directed it on her own. The other sister was like, nah, fuck that. Because they were done. And I think in an, in an interview, Lana was basically saying that she... She didn't... She was like vehemently against this fucking movie. But then she thought about the story and she read it to her friend and she was like, yeah, do that. Make that movie. So in a lot of ways, I think you can feel the the hatred towards Warner Brothers for making her do this fucking movie because if you don't have me run it, you're going to get some other jabroni to fucking do it and it's going to be way worse. So there's a little bit of, like, bitterness in it. So do you want the full spoilery version or do you want to... You're just like, give it to me, pour it on
0: me. I'll be able to gauge whether or not I'm going to actually watch it based on this. So the way that the movie starts...
1: You have Thomas Anderson waking up and he is I'm kind of jumping ahead but there's a reason for that in a minute. He is basically the designer of an award winning video game that came out in 1999 called The Matrix. He has the Jeff Keeley fucking game award on his desk and everything. Oh wow. Yeah. So he is living in a world where he is the creator of the Matrix trilogy. That's a like, you know, as a, like Call of Duty, or it's like Assassin's Creed for gotcha. our era. Uh-huh. So he's running this game company, and his business partner is named Smith, played by your man from Hamilton and Kristoff from Frozen, Jonathan Groff. Okay. So, his business partner sits him down and says, listen, Warner Brothers is going to make Matrix 4 with or without us, man. So we got to fucking finish this game, okay? And he's like, okay. So this is when you intersperse him going to the gym, taking his daily blue pills, sitting in therapy with Neil Patrick Harris, seeing Trinity at the cafe and just, like, staring at her, like, you're so familiar. Like, who the fuck are you? But she's married with kids, and he's like, have we met before? And she's like, I don't think so. All the while, the fucking Jefferson airplane music is playing in the background. You, you kind of see where I'm going?
0: Okay, so I have a slight problem Talk to thus me. far. Talk to me. Take your pants off. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Thomas A. Anderson gets rebuilt back in the Matrix. Fine. Completely believable premise at the end of, at the end of, um, why can't I think of the third movie's name now? Revolutions. Thank you. The bad one, according to everybody, said (laughs) me. That's right. Fuck. When he gets reloaded into the machines at the end of Revelations, because at the end, I do get what you're talking about, where it became the question. What happened to Neo? Did he live? Did the machines eat him? What happened? Because he agrees to go and fight Smith with the machines. He says, afterwards, you can do whatever you want with me. Don't care. Fine. Trinity is fucking mega dead. Totally dead. Mega fucking dead. Double dead. (laughs) Triple fucking ultra mega with fucking bacon dead. Dead with she. She gets impaled. Several fucking times over. Oh yeah, she fucking dead, dude. And they said this was the original premise in the first Matrix. You die and she there wasn't even in the fucking Matrix. She didn't even die in the Matrix. She died in the real world. Well she died and reloaded and then so she was digital dead.
1: And then in the revolution she was like dead with cheese.
0: Yeah, dead with fucking
1: cheese. And bacon. Okay. With fries. So and a shake. Would you like me to kind of walk you through the whole story, and just like you can just kind of shit on it at, at will? <laughs> All right, keep keep going. All right, so here's where I i'm 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 liking this. I like what's the best thing you could do with a person that you know the machines? They need to keep the, They need to keep their shit running. You have the body of you know the person that caused the most problems for you. What do you do? You make him a superstar he would never want to question this reality. Right. Fucking love it. Right. They have this, a little bit long for my taste, writer's room meeting where they're pitching the idea for the next Matrix. And you have all these, like, younger folks like, yeah, man, what if we did, like, the Matrix but with cats? <laughs> man, you, you got to serve people's expectations. You can't just give them the same old shit anymore, man. Yeah, you can't just keep doing kung fu fights. You gotta, you gotta be edgy. You gotta be political. You gotta like, like it's on the nose. Like your nose grew an extra nose. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but I'm okay with it because this is where Lana's getting her shit off. Like you fucking rat bastards. You want another movie that subverts expectations and shits on everything and our reality? You. I got you. I'm turning it right towards you, fucking Warner Brothers. Right. Okay. So. The way that they tell the story I think is a little bit jarring because if they had started with that, instead of going to that 10 minutes into it, I think it would have been better. What they did instead was they actually start the movie with an almost shot for shot remake of the first movie where the agents get out of the car, Trinity's on the top floor, but instead of Smith, the agent is black. He kind of looks like like a young fish bird. So he goes up there. And on the rooftop, there are these people. Matrix, like, you know, like the edgy goth tech people. Like, oh, yeah. Watching, like, what's going to happen? Oh, no, we we got to... This is not part of the simulation. And you're like, okay. So the person you think is Carrie Ann Moss is this other young lady. And she's fighting the agents. And then... The black agent guy is chasing the girl through the hallway and all of a sudden he is grabbed and pulled into a room by the blue haired lady. Her name is Bugs. She's kind of like the person that's going to become Neo's guide back to reality. So she pulls the agent in and she's talking to him and what she tells him is we're inside something called a modal. It's a program within the program designed to train agents to become better. What she's doing is she's basically watching this program over time and she's asking the program, have you felt strange? Have you seen weird things like I have? And he's like, yeah, there's been times when I... I'm in the mirror, and I can see lines in my my mirror. And you see him, like, instead of, like, mist on the mirror, it's like matrix code. And he's like, you're so you're starting to see through the walls, just like us. And he's like, yeah. And he's, he's like, well, what? He's, he's like, I feel like I've been searching for something this whole time, like my purpose. And she's like, what is your purpose? And she's like, to find the one.
0: To pass butter. Neo. Oh, my God. To pass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find Canoe. Canoe <laughs> Reeves. <laughs> so, what, yeah, knew. what you find out in that moment, when she hugs him, is that this Morpheus is an amalgamation of Agent Smith and Morpheus that Neo put in his game. Why? The idea that they're proposing to you is that Neo is subconsciously leaving breadcrumbs to wake himself up by using pieces of his past. I think, on paper, cool as fuck. Brilliant. I'm down with that. Yeah. The delivery and the execution, though, is a little bit off. So if you're watching it, you kinda have to like you kinda have to let your mind run away with it a little bit. Because they don't make it sound like that. They don't make yeah. it sound eloquent or they don't make it sound. In a way that's like, oh, fuck, oh, okay. Like, they they kind of talk it out. They overly explain it to you. They miss the mark articulating it. I think the way that Lawrence Fishburne used to articulate shit back in the day, like, do you think that's area breathing now? Like, the simplicity that we always talk about. This movie doesn't really have that. It Mm -hmm. has, like, full-on, like, this is what's happening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think your strength or my muscles have anything to do in this place?
1: exactly what they're missing. So long or like,
0: when he's, you know, I'm sorry, let me, let me while well, this is fresh in my mind, because, you Get know, your pants off again. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm old, and I forget shit real easy. Wait, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, when he's talking about what humans are designed for, you know, one of the biggest parts, one of the best monologues in that movie.
1: Oh, Smith, he's talking about Hugo?
0: No, Fish burn. Oh. Morpheus, when he first brings Neo into the training program, and he holds up the nine-volt battery, and he goes, this, basically, we're just fuel for the machines. That's it. We're a battery. Yeah. Like, I felt like, I feel like we're kind of doing a pro and con kind of right now. Absolutely. But which is hot, I love it. <laughs> but like in the first movie there was a lot of imagery, there was a lot of there was a lot of context that they were getting you ready for. There were visual clues. There were visual clues. The women in red. Yeah. You like the women in red? I can arrange a one on one meeting with you. I loved Mouse and I was so sad when he died. R.I.P. Mouse. Yeah, R.I.P. Mouse. Because when I saw that the first time, I'm like, God damn it! I kind of wanted him to live. <laughs> um, but like, there was a lot of, there was a lot of like, there's a lot of subtextual shit in there, and then, in two, you know, I loved, I loved Reloaded. Because that's where you got introduced to the twins and Persephone and the Merovingian, who's like one of my all-time favorite characters in the Matrix. Yeah. Love the Merovingian. And then three, just all sorts of just bad bad CGI, bad fight scenes. A lot of real ham-handed metaphors and like bullshit. It all started to me with the architect in in Reloaded. Sure, I know what you guys were going for. You know, you were going for the one is not special. He's a balancing out of an equation. And Neo is the plus and Smith is the minus. But you're starting to get on your soapbox and you're pontificating a lot.
1: I also thought the Architect shit was really badass, but here's why. When you watch the scenes with the Oracle, she's the complete polar opposite of the Architect. Yes. Yeah. Just like Neo and Smith are.
0: Yeah, because the Oracle just kind of gives it to you in like a way that's real easy to chew. You know, the shit with the base. What's really going to bake your noodle later on is would you have broken it if I didn't tell you about it.
1: Dude, there's so many lines, and I, I like Mary Alice's version of the Oracle, but the
0: original OG Oracle, Gloria Foster. She was a boss, dude. Oracle was like, the original Oracle, it was like Oracle, Merovingian, right under. Like, I loved her.
1: One of my favorite parts of the first movie is when he's like, I'm not the one, and she's like, sorry, kid. Sorry, kid. You got the gift. Yep. But it looks like you're waiting for something. Mm-hmm. That's it. I've been all about that as a writer, as like this, as a
0: moviegoer. Like, just give me that little bit. See, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, there was subtlety. There was a lot of contextual stuff. Two, they started straying away from that, and they started really heavily going into a lot of the heavy-handed metaphors and like the architect stuff. Sure, for people like you and I you know, that understand and, like, you know, Kate always accuses me of being a sesquipedalian. If you guys don't know what a sesquipedalian is, that means I like to use big words where a small word might suffice. Um, I don't know,
1: dude. Like, I feel like the architect shit, here's how I always interpreted it, was, like, when, after seeing all that stuff, Neo decides he's still going to go after Trinity, and he's like, Hope, I don't understand that. Well, this is my interpretation of, like, I don't understand you fucking humans. I give you this perfect utopia, and then you pick it apart. You don't accept perfection. You want what you want. And this is why you're always going to be beneath us. And Neo's like, watch this, motherfucker. That's how I took it. But, like, you're talking with robots... So I was okay to let him just, like, go off. And, like, everybody in the theater is like, what the fuck is going on? I was loving that shit. But for me, that was always the thing, was, like, dude was going for the third option. Instead of giving me either this or this, like, no, fuck you. I'm going to make my own way. And that's really, like, he was making, he made a deal with the machines. He was never going to beat Smith. They couldn't kill each other. So he decided to trick him to save Zion. That was the deal. He made a piece and they're like at the end, they're like, How long do you think this piece is gonna last? And she's like, As long as it can. So here's where the movie takes that and like shows you the evolution after that point. So what they do here, and I guess this is where people start to shit on the Resurrections movie, is that like as Neo is starting to like like revert back to like old memories and stuff, there's a scene where It seems like Morpheus and Bugs are going to break Neo out of his job. But, like, they're running from the cops, and there's, like, a gunfight. And, like, Smith sees the gun, and then it shows you a glimpse of Hugo, like, young Hugo. But then Jonathan Groff, like, grabs the gun, and he's like, Mr. Anderson. Like, he just turns into Hugo Weaving, acting like like, cosplaying as Hugo Weaving. (laughs) Right when he's about to shoot Neo, it pulls out. And it's a therapy session with Neil. he And he's like... Neil's like, did I imagine that whole thing? And he's like, it doesn't matter. You're here now. You're safe. And that's when he's like, am I crazy? And he's like, we don't use that word around here. So, like, you're starting to wonder, like, is Neil Agent Smith? Or why is Agent Smith even in the movie? Because he's fucking double dead, too. He's triple fucking dead. How is any of this shit happening? But the way that they, they actually, like, intersperse... Like, they have, like, backdrops of, like, the movie playing while Keanu was here. But you see, like, young Keanu here, like, fighting while they're talking. It's, like, distracting. But I think they're, like, they're trying to make you, like, see that, like, did it really happen? Like, did the movies really happen or did you just, us as the audience, are we supposed to believe that that shit was fiction as well? I like that. I thought that was cool. Like, you're making me question if that shit even happened. And people are like, again, like, the the people that are shitting on the movie are thinking, well, so the three movies are all for nothing? That's bullshit. In the movie, Keanu asks that to his people. They take him out. They they go on this, like, bullet train to Osaka. This is, like, probably the best fighting in the movie, because, like, there's agents, but you can't really move around in the train, so they have, like, these, like, fucking zombies. Like, the people are just, like, randomly, like... Oh, like, World War... Like, Z fucking running at them. And they're, like, <laughs> punching them and shit. They don't have hard lines anymore. They just go through mirrors. So they have, like, the little bathroom mirror. And he's like, how am I gonna fit? And he's like, just go. So he, like, puts his arm in. All of a sudden, he just fucking, like, flies through. And Neo busts out of the pod again, like, in the first movie. But when they take him out... Like, he's, like, carried by this, like, fucking, like, metal bird. And you're like... What the fuck is that thing? And as they're carrying them out, what you notice is like there's like, there's like a two person pod, and it's Neo and Trinity. They're in the center, and they're like, like they're almost like, like one piece. So he's looking at her, and they're all like naked and like covered in like baby goo and shit. And he's like Trinity, oh. <laughs> so like fifty year old Keanu was like taken by this like metal bird into like the new that not, not the Nebuchadnezzar, but they call it the, the Nemesign. And you meet the crew, but like it's a, the crew is like all these young people, and they have like machines, on the ship working with them. Like they, what was, the difference is now in this cycle of the Matrix, when you go to Zion, they call it Io. And the the person who's in charge, is not Commander Locke, it's fucking Jada Pinkett. Oh, okay. And she shows you... Because it's... Neo's like, how long has it been? And she's like, 60 years. So he's been in the fucking pod for 60 fucking years. And he's like, I thought I was dead. And she's like, well, you're here now. So they show you that what they've done in that time is they've actually taken some machines and reprogrammed them. Like, Neo's sacrifice actually brought machines to their side. So they have, like, machines helping... And it's like, we. I thought this was a like really cool line where she was like, we were never gonna win if it was us versus them. They tried and failed for who knows how long, but you changed that. He went the other way, and now the machines are starting to see that side. Like, it, I guess at a certain point, it was so bad the machines started killing each other because the humans weren't accepting the programming and they didn't have enough energy, they were losing batteries. And they are fucking fighting each other. So she's talking about all that shit. And I was like, okay, that's different. Is it bad? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what do you think about that? Like, the idea of, like, machines, like, actually working with humans and are growing strawberries and shit. So my question... Yeah.
0: So, the original motivation for... Agent Smith in the first movie, and then he becomes Program Smith in two and three, because he's no longer an agent. His motivation was, the human race was a virus, and he was going to purge it. He didn't want to be in the Matrix anymore. Right. I hate this place. It's the smell. He wanted to get out. What is new Smith's motivation to get Neo? I think this is the
1: worst part of the movie. In that I think this is not really Smith. I think it is Neo's memory of Smith put on something else. The problem is you don't really explain that to the audience. Ugh. So we're forced I'm I'm like fan fictioning this shit. Just going by what I watched, and here's why. At a certain point, I think you can tell the twist of the movie. What do you think the twist is, Tim? Who's the real villain of this movie?
0: Is it Trinity? No. Neo? No. Is it anybody that's currently in IO?
1: No. Do you want to know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neil, Neil Patrick Harris is... Okay, he's, so... is not the architect. He's a new version of the architect called The Analyst. He is the one orchestrating this new matrix. And he started it by making a new matrix that preys on humans' desire to be basically to be safe, to be comfortable. So he he this new matrix functions on despair and fear. What am I doing? What is my purpose? What is the meaning of all this? That kind of despair keeps you... Constantly searching. Keeps you working. Generates more power than ever before. And it started with you two. So what they do... Like this huge fucking info dump. But they show the machines basically like... Regenerating Neo and Trinity's bodies. And they have like... This like weird body horror part where they're like... Gluing shit back on his face and Trinity's face. And they're like... oh, They're all fucking like... Getting like grafted back together. Uh. And they're put in these new pods. So the idea now is... If we're going to break these new, this new generation of humans out of this matrix... Since we, you've started that process of blending man and machine... We're going to do the next step to that. Which is... We have our own... like The machines have like, like the red plug that you stick in in the pods. We have a blue pod. So we got you out. But we got to get Trinity out. You two are like the core... So Trinity has to make the choice to want to break the simulation of being a housewife and be a bad bitch and fly around and punch walls. So they, they're doing like, it's kind of like an MCU thing where like we're gonna explain the plot, the plan while we're sneaking at the same time. So by the time I'm done explaining the plan, it's already done, which doesn't really work for a Matrix movie. Like I'd rather just see them like running and like fighting, instead of like. Info dump and sneaky sneaky. <laughs> but Smith doesn't really, he's not a villain. He actually helps him. And he's like, goodbye, Mr. Anderson. I'll see you around. He doesn't really do anything bad. So I don't think he's meant to be Hugo. He's just a new version of Smith, like a new version of Morpheus from Neo's brain. He just, it was just taken and put there. For familiarity.
0: <coughs> and you look very disappointed. <laughs> not going to lie, I kind of am, yeah. Um,
1: I mean, I, I'm i trying to sell it hard, like it's not terrible. I feel like I'm failing. No. Or maybe I lost her with the Neil Patrick Harris shit.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, to me, it almost would have been a little bit better if they would have made, like... Yeah, Trinity was a trap. Trinity is actually an agent for the machines. To me, that would have been... Even better. You just got my brain fucking... <laughs> yeah. What if
1: at halfway through the movie you realize that? And he wakes up and the movie starts over again. And he doesn't remember shit. That would be fucking gangster
0: shit. But then again, we're not famous. We don't have any connections. We can't do that. That's what I'm saying, like, you could have made this, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for, you know, I'm all for a good twist, not like fucking Lady in the Water, fucking Science, fucking M. Night Shyamalan, fucking, pff, stupid. Wow. <laughs> I'm talking like Sixth Sense. Unbreakable. Unbreakable level twists, where it's like, holy shit, like, turns everything on its fucking head. Trinity as a
1: villain would be bad as fuck, and nobody's brought that up in, like, the reviews and the comments either a lot of people are like Keanu wasn't having any he's not holding any guns he doesn't have a gun i'm
0: like bro he hasn't used a gun since 99. yeah what are you talking about he don't need fucking guns what are Everybody, you talking about you want him to be john wick totally different franchise go watch that for what it's worth my man's throwing fucking missiles right now like let yeah. him let him cook he did fucking he did guns in the original matrix because they needed him yeah and they barely survived without him yeah in Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions He doesn't really even use a gut He's god level at that point Yeah That dude's fucking floating around He can Agents can't fucking fight him Because he's fucking just super goddamn OP Another thing that annoyed me slightly When I rewatched it was
1: The agents They're a non-factor When in the, the real Matrix You're fucked You're dead as soon as the agent shows up, you're fucking gone, dude. Unless you got a chain gun. In this movie, they're like fighting them. And it's like, nah. Unless you you establish that Neo and Morpheus' teachings allowed people to break the rules and become better fighters. Yeah. You didn't really say that, so how do I know that you're better than the past? No, when you had
0: the originals, the OGs, when you had Smith, Franklin, and Jackson. Oh, yeah. Cypher tells Neo straight up if you see an agent, you do what we do. You run. Run. Because even, you know, back in those days, or like back in the original Matrix, Morpheus Morpheus up. Morpheus tries to fight Smith. And sure, he lands a couple hits on Smith, but Smith fucks him up. Smith puts him through walls, he fucking breaks him, breaks a fucking toilet on him, like, he fucking gets totally jacked up by Smith. That's another thing that this,
1: this was missing, because I know that, you know, you want to show that Keanu has got to get his feet under him, got to get his feet wet, but when he's fighting, I'm going to call him Kristoff, because he's not really Agent Smith, when he's fighting Christoph <laughs> or the King of England, when he's fighting him, there's, it's like a bloodless battle, and I'm like, nah, man, Matrix, you get dirty, like, you get put through shit, you get
0: fucking tore up. Well, and they, you know, they talk about it in the original Matrix movie, you know, when Morpheus is explaining, like, how OP agents are, you know, I've seen men shoot entire clips at them hitting nothing but air, and, like, they show, like, Trinity trying to fight agents in the original one, and it's like, it doesn't work. And reload it. He's yeah. thrown out the fucking window. Yeah. So And that's not even Smith who's supposed to be the most OP out of everybody because Smith becomes the program that's no longer tied to the Machine City. So he figures out how to replicate himself. He figures out how to do all the same things that Neo was doing. Yeah. You were having issues fighting Jackson and fucking Franklin. And these guys are still tied in the machines tied to their rules. Smith is supposed to be godlike. And the new Matrix, if they're fucking, if these agents aren't fucking, you know, dodging bullets and fucking completely murking the shit out of the people of Zion. It's going to be a real fucking hard sell for me to watch. Initial
1: disappointment, the whole crew makes it. Nobody dies.
0: All right, and that's me checking out. Bye-bye now. (laughs) Bing-bang. Bing-bang. Fuck your life. Like, the other part of the Matrix, like, what made it so good is, like, the fact that you didn't know what was going to happen. There's consequences, too. Like, in the original end of the Matrix, I thought there was a possibility that Morpheus was going to fucking die. Yeah. You know, in the original Matrix... Mouse dies. Tank dies. Everybody dies except Tank or Do- Dozer dies, right? Dozer dies at the end of the movie. A tank Tank's the one left. Tank Tank I always confuse the two. Dozer is the one that gets shot by Cypher and killed. Yeah, Tank Tank lives. Tank lives at the till the end of the mission and he dies in between one and two. Because if you watch, when they switch over to... Link. Link, thank you. They talk about how both of them were dead. I wish they would have brought back, dude, for the second, third Yeah, I don't... I forget what happened there. I want to say it was like some kind of contractual dispute with the actor.
1: That was Tommy Trunk's son, I think. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Um... I'm too famous to be in this bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Um... You know, Trinity dies. Uh, Shit. Switch and Apoc both die. Like, there's a whole bunch of people. Cypher dies. Even though Cypher's a fuckhead and he deserves to die. (laughs) But, like, there's a whole bunch of people that end up getting killed. It's like the tragedy and, like, them being able to fucking go. Shitty things happen. The Neb fucking blows up fucking Morpheus stares at the neb and he goes, I dreamed a dream and it is gone for me. And me- Morpheus becomes disenfranchised with the whole save Zion thing for a while. Because that's where fucking Neo's able to use his power in the real world. The Sentinels are coming for them and Neo fucking holds his hands up and the fucking Sentinels drop.
1: I lost it when that shit happened. Yeah. Like, when I watch in the theater, I'm like, how the fuck are they going to end this shit? This is going to turn into some crazy fucking, like, just, like, pulling up fucking, like, doc, like the way
0: Doctor Strange is now. Yeah. I thought they were going to do this shit with The Matrix back then, dude. I was like, what the fuck's going to happen? I got to the end of fucking Reloaded in the theater. And by the time the credits rolled, I'm like, this is bullshit! I don't want to wait for another fucking movie! But... There is one one phrase that comes to my mind with all the shit that you just told me about this movie. Watered down. It sounds very watered down. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I I like the... what they call... the
1: meta. I like the meta textual shit that oh, they're trying gosh. to do. Like, I've heard that word too much. Yeah, meta has become
0: way too fucking frequent.
1: Yeah. For me, personally, like, I... I like the ideas, but again, it's another execution thing. It's another, like, dude, hire the, the best martial artists in the world. Give them the money. Have them choreograph the fights.
0: And just do your smart shit in between. That's it. Who was the Oracle's bodyguard? Was that Ghost? Seraph. Seraph. Yes, hi. Hi. Hello, I am Sarah, but first I must apologize. For what? For this. And they have that huge fight. But like... Again, great fight scene. When Neo and Sarah fight. And fucking reload it. It's just... Ghost is fucking... Niobe's partner. Niobe's partner, that's right. But...
1: So the idea of the blending of man and machine, like the technology, to make a new future, a new piece. That's fine.
0: I have no issues with that. Oh, okay.
1: I was going to say, like, they they do the thing where they, like, they, they unplug Trinity from the red one and stick her with the blue one. And then she's free from the pod. And then... She has the same powers as Neo because now she's fully awake in this new matrix. So she
0: can fly too. It to, it just to me it just sounds like it's gonna be a complete and total disappointment. I'll probably still watch it. But not want to get high. <laughs> might have to. <laughs> it just it, it's sad because I was against them re redoing or re you know making another sequel to the Matrix to begin with didn't need to happen it it didn't need to happen
1: unless you get all new people
0: like yeah. a new like all new young people like do that shit well and that's that's what I would have wanted them to do if they're gonna do a new Matrix that's fine get new people you can do the random cameo here and there if you want to.
1: They could have, yeah. Like, if they if they just focused on, like, Bugs, the blue-haired lady, as, like, the person now who's, like, waking up, and, like, her favorite game is The Matrix, and she idolizes Neo, like, I would watch that, too. That might be better <laughs> than what the fuck we got.
0: Well, I mean, and they did stuff like that in the Animatrix, you know, where they would show, you know, like, in World Record, the track star, his body ends up failing him, and he, like, realizes that, You know, for that split second where he finishes the race that his body's not really tied to anything, he gets up, finishes the race, breaks the world record, and the agents basically erase his entire memory of that. Yeah. You know, kid's story. Neo talks to him, helps him, you know, break free of the real, or the Matrix, and brings him to the real world. Detective story. Detective story. program.
1: All of those. That was so fucking badass. And he's yeah. like trying to help Trinity in the train. He's like turning into an agent. She's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh fuck,
0: dude. They
1: could have did that in this movie. But Nobody like, remembers
0: that shit. They yeah. could have did that. But like you could have done all that stuff. You could have done any, you could have taken any single one of the stories from the, from the Animatrix. Shit, if they would have made a fucking entire movie on the second renaissance, I would have watched it. Or when they fight in the snow with the swords and
1: shit. Yeah. Money. Take it. Here. Here's my debit card. Fucking.
0: <laughs> with the, the swords. You're talking about the samurai one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's programmed. That's the name of that one. It's programmed. Um, but like, any single one of those, you could have fucking taken and just run with it. Like I said, if you would have made a second renaissance movie, let's go. Matrix prequel, I'll fucking pay money to watch that. Yeah. Sure.
1: I think, I mean, like, I don't know if they were planning on doing, like, a, like a new franchise, but, like, you know, you, people have to let stories be perfect and be finished. You have to let them finish. The same thing with fucking Cowboy Bebop. This is a perfect story as it is. Do not touch this shit. Right. You want to carry on the name, do the work, and come up with something new for the new generation. And I'm not shitting on Lana Wachowski because, I mean, she, she was kind of backed into a corner and she came up with something that she thought was good. And you know what? There are parts of it I think are cool, but execution was lacking big time. It felt like, it felt rushed. It felt cheap. But I wanted to like it more than I ended up liking it, you know?
0: Well, the thing is, is that I don't blame Lana Wachowski. You know, we've had this conversation in the past. I blame people. You fucking people. I blame people in general. Just because nobody's, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Nobody's willing to wait for things to kind of come organically. Nobody's willing to allow things to form. Nobody's allowing people to write and do things and make things better. Everybody wants their thing now. They want it right now, and they don't want to wait. And the problem is, is that you get these people, these executives in a boardroom somewhere, or like you were talking about in The Matrix, where they're talking about, what if it's The Matrix with cats? You know, Ugh, we know better. We know better than everybody else. The idea of free-forming ideas, brainstorming, you know, just doing... You know, like, when we did that fucking writing workshop, you know, for the one episode we did, we did, we wrote, like, uh, an entire storyboard in, like, ten minutes. We gotta do some more of those. Yeah. But, like, the thing is, is that nobody's willing to do that anymore. And if they are, they're being told that it's better that they're seen and not heard. The idea of the original concept, unfortunately, is starting to go by the wayside. Nobody wants to hear that. Well, it may or may not work. Hey, let's reboot Robocop. Hey, let's reboot Judge Dredd. Hey, let's reboot this. Hey, let's reboot that.
1: And see, that is a great fucking foundation for another version of that (laughs) resurrection story. What you just said, that little diatribe right there... That could be Smith talking to Neo in the writer's room. That's how your sh- your, your reboot that shits on reboots starts with people shitting on reboots. Exactly. <laughs> and you, if you really want to get meta, you could do it like that, but you still got to bring spirit. You got to have the fighting spirit, dude. And this movie, it... Tr- it tries to have some of it, but like it doesn't have, it doesn't have like a lot of the fire. Like it needs, it needed something a little bit more physical to to go to bolster the fucking ideas that they're trying Does to it talk have.
0: About. Is it like it has the message, but it's kind of disingenuous because it doesn't feel like it's coming from? It a doesn't good place? feel. You're right. Yeah. yeah,
1: it doesn't feel, and the fighting is not
0: enough to carry it. You know what I mean? Well, like. Watching the fighting in the original, like Matrix, you know where Hugo Weaving and and Neo are fighting in the like the fucking subway. And like, one of the one of the coolest scenes was when Morphe or when he has Neo pinned to the train tracks, and he's like, "Yeah, you're gonna fucking die, Mr. Anderson. You're done." And he's like, "My name is Neo," and all of a sudden he freaking catapults Smith him and Smith go flying into the ceiling and back down and he's able to jump off the tracks and Smith gets hit by the train one of the coolest scenes and what's really dope about it is he hits Smith with the train the train stops it's right there and Smith walks right back out like that was cool because you're You're creating this big foundation, this big stage for the showdown between Neo and Smith. You're creating this, that Smith is going to be the primary antagonist, excuse me, and Neo's going to be the primary protagonist. You create this, and that's one thing I can, one thing I can give revolutions, is at the end of three ended how it began smith versus neo to what to what you're talking about it
1: makes it a love story versus
0: yeah the battle of good and evil it almost seems like neil patrick harris's antagonist at the end is more of an afterthought Than a primary villain. He introduced... Well, basically...
1: Like, the purpose of Neil and Niobe are kind of just to fill in backstory and to fill in motivation for... You know, here's where we are now. And... I guess it really depends on how much you like Keanu and Carrie Ann Moss. You know what I mean? It depends on how much you like them if you're going to just go along for that ride.
0: Yeah, because... I mean... Even when you were doing all that in the original Matrix. And there was like, what was nice, again, subtlety in the original Matrix. You know, Carrie Ann Moss brings, Trinity brings Neo dinner. And Cypher's waiting outside the room and he goes, you never brought me dinner. And like, she keeps asking her, what did the Oracle tell you? Do you believe what the Oracle tell, told you? And she never talks about it until the very end of the movie. When Neo gets shot and killed. The agents are always there. Lurking in the background. The agents, the sentinels, whatever, wherever setting you're in. I don't know. Again, I'm going to watch the movie. But like it just feels like. There's not that nefarious person standing in the background. The guy that's just kind of standing there menacingly stalking you in the background like Smith was. Correct. Yeah, Smith
1: kind of rides off in the sunset being like a cool anti-hero. And then Neil Patrick Harris is like, he's kind of like a a step up from his role in Starship
0: Troopers a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like with the same fucking coat. You know what I mean? Yeah. It almost seems like he's, like, the same level of villain in this as he was as Count Olaf in Series of Unfortunate <laughs> Events.
1: Well, you know, it's very, you know, lots of big words and lots of, like, this whole thing where he's like, I'm going to make everything go into bullet time, and I'm going to, like, I'm going to shoot Trinity. Can you stop the bullet in time? ha. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. There's, like, a little bit of mustache twirling. But, yeah, I think... Watching it, the first time I was like, I really like. I felt myself like, yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, man, <laughs> I wish they did this, 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 and this. Yeah, yeah. You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like I, I don't, I don't think it's shitty. <laughs> I don't... On a scale of yeah, to what the fuck? Where does this? <laughs> Where does I would swing? say it's probably in the middle. It's so like, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Goodbye, everybody.